ask that you be kind and repeat after me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers and doers of his word. We may be seated. It's good to be able to see you this morning and it's good to be seen. And across this world, many give credit to an alarm clock for waking them up on this morning. But we know truth. And though the alarm clock does play a part in us waking up, because we do hear the sound, but in order for us to hear the sound, there must be life in us. And the Bible says it is because of him that we live, move, and have our very being. And uh, because of that, you and I are able to get up each and every day. Because of God, we live, move, and have our very existence. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's always a blessing, and we are just so thankful for the Lord's church, in particular this congregation. We are so thankful to our leadership, uh, Brother Brown and Brother Gathers, and how they provide uh, good leadership for our church. The church needs leadership, but it needs good, godly, spiritual, scriptural, biblical leadership. And uh, we thank our members here at the Hollywood family uh, for all that we do, both seen and unseen. Uh, we are just... Uh, just want to continue to encourage our parents and uh, uh, Brother Brown have worked uh, hard to try to get us some teachers faithfully and it uh, looks like we're getting on the right track and classes were uh, nice and filled on today. So parents, if you, if you don't mind, we ask that you would bring your children to Bible study. And, uh, and I guarantee you it would do them some good. And you might not see it now but you will see it later on in life. There are many adults who are living now who can go back to Sunday school and remember their Sunday school teachers along with their Sunday school lessons. So it will be very beneficial. So we want to continue to encourage you uh, to bring your children uh, for Bible study uh, on Sunday mornings, and uh, we would encourage you uh, to be here on Wednesday nights. We were supposed to have a meeting today, but there are a few people that is uh, out, and I wanted them to, to sit with us, so we'll cancel Brother Brown for next week. Uh, if that's all right, we'll do that next week after service. 35 and under, uh, we'll meet next Lord's Day. The Bible in Psalms 100, the old 100, as some uh, call it, Psalm 100. Be so kind and go there on this morning. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Psalm 100. And uh, we want to talk on the subject title uh, on this morning, 
an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. All of us should be grateful for something on this morning. And if you don't have anything to be grateful for, you should be grateful for just being alive. Just, just having a heartbeat. Just being able to see. Being able to taste and to smell and to hear and to touch and feel. You know, it's a blessing when you can get up and sit up on your own. It's a blessing when you can just put your foot on the ground. And take one foot forward and the other one follows. It's a blessing to just be able to be active in life. God is a mighty good God. And we hear uh, Brother Patterson talks about when he comes up to pray that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And not only that is a true statement, but we are to recognize the goodness of God each and every day of our lives, regardless of what happens to us in life. It does not change who God is. Regardless of what kind of life we might experience on last week, God is still a good God. And here in Psalm 100, uh, there are five verses that we want to talk about uh, on today underneath this subject, an attitude of gratitude. Here, David writes this particular psalm. And uh, this psalm deals with kingship. It deals with rulership. David writes, and he wants us to know that God is our king. And not only he has translated us into his kingdom, the church, he has accepted us. So hail to the king. God is our king. He has given us ruleship. There are rules in God's kingdom that you and I must follow. He talks about the kingship and he talks about the ruleship. But then Psalm 100 also deals with the attitude in which you and I ought to worship God. He doesn't necessarily deal with the acts of worship, about singing and praying and preaching and the Lord's Supper and the giving. He, he does not directly deal with the five acts or the five forms of worship, but he turns his attention to the attitude of worship, how you and I ought to do the preaching, the giving, the singing, the praying, and the Lord's Supper. So he deals with the attitude of worship. God wants us to worship him a certain way. And every time we come to worship, we ought to have an attitude of gratitude because God is that good. I believe he deserves us to give him what God is worthy of. You know, regardless of how you might feel, regardless of how you might be experiencing life, God is worthy to be praised. And I believe every Sunday we ought to have something to say thank you Jesus for. He's given all of us another week. While others are planning for a funeral, 
we are planning to begin a new week. God is and will forever be a good God in spite of who I am. Make a joyful noise. Verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now watch what he says here. Make a joyful noise. And that noise means sound. And he, he's dealing with the attitude. And so when we sing, there needs to be attitude. But it needs to be an attitude of gratitude. When we give, the Bible says that we ought to give how? Cheerfully. That's the attitude. How do you give? Cheerfully. Then God says, when you sing, James says, if any be merry, let him sing. So when you sing, how ought you to sing? Merrily. And then he talks about in 1 Corinthians, when you pray, pray in the spirit and with the understanding. Even in the preaching and so on and so forth. You can find throughout the Bible that God wants us to come before him with a certain kind of attitude. Now... He says, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. If anything is going to happen, we're going to have to make it happen. Regardless of how you, how you feel, you have to still make it happen. Because we say God is worthy to be praised. Make a joyful noise. It's not going to happen unless you are first of all filled with joy. How are you going to make a certain kind of noise if you do not produce the certain thing on the inside? You can make a joyful noise only when you have joy on the inside. Point number one is when we come to worship, we ought to have a celebration. Sunday mornings ought to be filled with celebration. Make a joyful noise. And in the Hebrew, it means to cry out loud. It means to shout. It means uh, to give a blast. And so God is saying, uh, when you come to my worship, when you come to my house, when you come in my presence, when you come before me, come uh, with an attitude uh, of celebration. You ought to have, live a life of celebratory. You ought to celebrate God in everything you do, but especially in the worship. You ought to celebrate not only what God has given us, because he's given us a whole lot. Our cup runs over. Our cup is overflowing. Many of us don't just have enough to get by. We have enough to spare. 
for somebody else. And we are celebrating God not just for what God has done for us in life, but more so we celebrate God because of who he is. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Notice the attitudes, notice the terms of attitudes he used. He says, joyful, that's one. Verse two, serve the Lord with gladness. You can't serve or work for God if you don't have gladness on the inside. You have to be happy about what you're doing. If you got a job, you have to be happy about what you're doing. If you have a job you go to, the job is going to be much, much easier if you enjoy what you do. Some people say, I, don't, I haven't gone to work a day in my life. Why? Because I enjoy what I do. I don't call it a job. I don't call it a work. It is my passion. It's my urge. It's what I do. It's what I desire. Therefore, it's not work for me. It is who I am. And he says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Uh, point two, watch this here. Serve him with gladness. I come with celebration and then number two I come with what jubilation I must come with jubilation I must be excited about my God and I must be excited about what he's doing in my life I cannot look towards the east or the west I must continue to look towards the heaven in which where my blessings come from some days some nights we are not feeling the same, but we must keep our eyes on Jesus, recognizing and knowing uh, that God is still good to me. And in spite of what we go through in life, our ups and downs and life turns around. Uh, at the end of the night, when you lay down your head on your pillow, you can say to yourself, God is still uh, a good God. Why do people put conditions on God? If he does this, he's good. But if he does not come through here, he is no good. God is good because that's who he is. He cannot be anything other than good. The essence of God is good. Everything about God is good. So the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. And I want you to pay attention to this here. Make, make a joyful noise. That's you and I. We have to make a joyful noise. We have to celebrate God. Serve the Lord with what? With gladness. How do we come to God? With gladness, with a glad heart. God has saved you and he saved me from a devil's hell. Watch the next part. Come before his presence with singing. Jubilation, a spirit of gladness and a spirit of happiness, a spirit of excitement. Before you get to the worship, you ought to have a song on your heart. Matter of fact, you ought to start singing before you even get up in here. You and your God wake you up on Sunday mornings, you ought to be singing in the car. You ought to have some kind of tune, some kind of, some kind of song going uh, in your head uh, at, at, that before you get to worship, uh, you ought to already be singing before you get up in this place. We shouldn't have to jumpstart you on Sunday morning. Some people need a boost 
on Sunday morning. But when you reflect on God, that's a natural high. That's a natural boost. So he says, serve him. And I want you to watch, I want you to watch David. Make a joyful noise. He's telling you what you should do. Make a joyful noise. Is he worthy? Yes. Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with what? With singing a spirit of excitement, a spirit of gladness and happiness, jubilation. Watch verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Know that he is God. Don't don't be skeptical or reluctant and say, well, you know, you know, I, what I used to believe, I'm not, I'm not believing that no more because, because I'm not seeing God the same. You, you, you need to understand that, that, that God is God all by himself, whether you are with him or whether you don't have him. And, and the thing about what David is trying to get us to see here is he is the self-existed God self-sufficient God he does not need anybody else he does not need anything to be who he is he is God all by himself now David wants you to understand who he is he is the king of our lives he has accepted us into his presence therefore our attitude ought to be one of excitement joy gladness and happiness that when we come to God we can show expressions about how we feel about what God is to us and so and so he says know ye that the Lord he is God point number three watch this here education you have to know that God is God. He says in verse 3, it is he that had made us and not we ourselves. Do you see that? You didn't make you, God made you. And, and the Bible says we are wonderfully made. He says we didn't make ourselves. That's enough to cause you to be excited because you didn't make you. You can't reproduce you. Neither can you reproduce without the help of God someone like you. So he tells us here, know ye that the Lord, he is God. Education, you have to know who God is, that he made us. We didn't make ourselves. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. God is our shepherd. We are his sheep. And I like what David says, that we are in his what? Pasture. Stay in the pasture. Stay in the pasture of God. Don't get outside of the pasture. I remember my great-grandfather, and they used to have cattle in the back of his house, and they had the barbed wire fences. And sometimes we would get over around the barbed wire fences, and they had the cows and, and the bulls all out there. And, and the thing about it is, as long as, as the cows and the cattle and the bulls stayed inside the pasture, they was all right. But when they got outside of the pastures, they was in danger of going on the road and getting hit, especially at night. So stay in the pasture of God, because when you are in the pasture of God, you are under the protection of God. You see, when a sheep leaves the pasture, 
He's in danger now of, of wolves. That's why we ought to come to worship. You can come to worship on your own, or you can come to worship by way of death. But you're coming. And we need to understand that we need to stay in the pasture of God. And if we don't watch ourselves, we'll get away from the pasture of God. And when we get away from the pasture of God, the feeding is in the pasture. The protection is in the pasture. The leadership is in the pasture. Don't go outside of the pasture because there's danger outside of the pasture. And he says that you ought to know that the Lord, he's God. You know, there are two things to see here. One, you can know a lot about God or you can know who God is. There are difference. There's a difference, rather. Some people know a lot about God. Have you ever met people who can quote a lot of scripture, but all the scriptures they quote is all out of context, and they try to explain that scripture right? They know, they know a lot of scripture. They know about the word out of context, but it's a difference to know God. And he says, as a child of God, we need to know who God is. Somebody asked the question, how can I know who God is? By my experiences. Because the Lord has brought me through and brought me over. I know who God is. I might read it, but I understand it better when I go through it. And when you experience life, you know God is the one who brought you through your deep, dark valleys. You know God is the one that brought you over your mountains and your hills. You know God is the one that brought you through your Red Sea. You know God is the one that took you through your fiery furnace. I know it by my experiences of life. I know who God is because he has taken me from this point A to point B. And he says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. Make a joyful noise. Serve him with gladness. And then he says, know who God is. Watch verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. When you come to the house of God. And don't make no mistake about it. You and I are the house of God. When we come together collectively, we ought to be thankful. When we come together, we ought to be praising God. Matter of fact, the picture that David is writing about is when, the, is when God's people would come to Jerusalem. And all through the Old Testament and the Psalms, you can see the same thing over and over. They would come because the temple was sitting on a hill in Jerusalem. All of the tribes came from their different places. And they would come, they would meet up together. Just like you and I meet up on Sunday mornings from our different homes and families. They were singing. They would all be, every tribe had their own song. They were singing about what? About the praises of God. They were singing as they traveled through the dark hills. They were singing about who that God was, how good he's been to them. And then you could imagine 
just like marching bands who come together, SU, JSU, Alcorn, Prayer Review, all of the, imagine all of those bands coming off of their buses and lining up in formation and beginning to play and come together on the field. Imagine that. Imagine God's people singing praises to God all the way up to the temple because God was worthy to be praised. Imagine everybody in the church who comes on Sunday with an attitude of gratitude. Imagine David is trying to get us to see something. He says, be thankful, ending a four, unto him and bless his name. Point four, appreciation. You, you, you got you to just appreciate what God does. Make a joyful noise celebration. Sing with a heart of gladness, jubilation. And then he talks about know God, know who he is, education. And then four, he says that you enter. Whenever you come together, when you enter, you have to enter a certain way with, with a thanksgiving spirit. He says when you enter in my, my God will not accept anything else. He won't accept anything else. I got to come with a heart of thanksgiving. And then he says, and bless his name. I've got to appreciate God. Bless God uh, is to give God what he does not already have. Last Sunday, we blessed God in worship by praising him through singing. But that was last Sunday. You can't go off of the blessings this Sunday because this is a new Sunday. I've got to bless God all over again. And somebody said, why do I bless God all over again? Because he's blessed you all over again. Every morning you wake up, it's not the same morning. Sunday morning was different than Saturday morning. And Saturday morning was different than Friday morning. You might have had more little pain in your body than you had the next day. But here's the deal. The same blessings you got Friday, you got different ones on Saturday. And all he's telling us here is bless his name. Give God what he does not already have. You might have blessed him on yesterday, but today is a new day. Therefore, you have a have, you should have a new blessing for God. Verse 5. And I wanted to call this sermon, I got five on it. Verse 5. For the Lord is what? I, I got five on it. For the Lord is. Verse one says, make a joyful noise. He tells you what to do. Verse two tells us serve him with gladness. He tells you what to do. And then he says come before his presence. He tells you what to do. And then he says know ye that the Lord is God. He tells you what to do. And then he says enter 
into his, his courts. He tells you what to do. Verse 5, he tells you why. This, this, this psalm is like backwards. He tells you the what's before he tells you the why. And after you done make a joyful noise, serve the Lord, know that he is God, come before his presence, enter into his courts. He says, now here's why. For, for the Lord is what? Lord. He says, why are you doing it? His mercy is what? He, he, he says, and his what? Endureth to all. Why you want us to make a joyful noise? How can you make a joyful noise? How can I serve you with gladness? How can I come before your presence? How can I enter? How can I know that you are God? Because the Lord is what? Good. How can I make a joyful noise? Uh, they would come when they would sing. They would come and because they were filled with joy. They, they had been influenced with joy. They had been impacted by, by joy. And, and, and what they would do is, is what was on the inside would express itself openly on the outside. Oh, y'all not fire. The Lord is good. That's enough to be able to celebrate who he is. Just because he is good. He doesn't need to do anything else. His goodness is all is what needed, is what's needed. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to see this thing here. You celebrate God. You have a spirit of jubilation. You have a spirit of... Of, of education, appreciation, and then number five, information. This information in verse five ought to make you shout. If not on the outside, on the inside. But you cannot have a shout on the inside that does not express itself openly on the outside. Now, your shout may not be as loud as my shout, but you ought to be able to do something even if your shout is this. You ought to be able to express God's goodness in your life. Watch this here. For the Lord is what? That's why you come before him with thanksgiving. His mercy is. That's why you come before him with thanksgiving. And his endure it to all generations. Okay, one more round and I'm done. For the Lord is what? Give me Psalm 23. Quickly, give me Psalm 23. Watch this here in Psalm 23. Uh, give, me verse, give me verse 5. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I just want to show you something. Give me verse 6. Watch this here. Uh, there it is. 
surely <laughs> by nature God is good. That's his nature. That's part of his nature. That's, he's not just only good. God is loving. God is forgiving. God is kind. All, it, the nature of God is good. Is good. Right? So you see Psalm 23 verse 6 versus Psalm 100 verse 5. David is saying, same author, David is saying this. You need to worship God with an attitude of gratitude. Why? Because God is good. That's who he is. He will never change. Now, you and I change. Our moods change. We're not always the same. I'm glad God is faithful, even when we are not faithful. He remains the same because his nature is what? Good. Our nature was sinful. I want you to see this. We can never be God. Because your nature will not allow you. The flesh will not allow you to be like God. That's why he sees us through Christ and the blood. But the goodness of God ought to make you celebrate God. He says, surely goodness and what? Same thing you find in Psalm 100 verse 5. For the Lord, he is what? Good. His mercy. His mercy. It's forever. And then he says, his truth endure it. Y'all, <laughs> you see goodness, you see mercy, and you see truth. Jesus says, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, the goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I would dwell in the what? In the Lord for, that's David is writing. I would dwell in his house forever. Get back to the verse of Psalm 100 verse 5 as we close. Watch this here. David is telling us from a life of experience. How you know God is good, David? Any Davids up in here? <laughs> Somebody would say, which one? Which David at what point in time in his life? Which one are you talking about? Are there any Davids in the house? Who started off well with the Lord, but ended up outside of the pasture of God. And then God had to come and get you from somewhere else. Can I tell you something? There are some people who leave God but who never leave the house of God. <laughs> there are some people who leave the house. They're gone for a year, two years, three years. They're out there, right? But there are some people in God's house. They're gone but they never leave the physical place. Luke chapter 15. The prodigal son left the father's house, but the oldest son left the father's rule, but he was still right there in the house. There are some people in the church will look at some people who leave the church physically crooked-eyed because they left the physical place. But you might have left the spiritual place, but you're still right here in the physical place. Hmm.
because of his goodness, his mercy, and his truth is enough to cause us to remain faithful to God. Somebody say, do we need nothing else? We don't need anything else. His goodness, his mercy, and his truth endured forever. You know, as we started this thing with Saul, David, it makes you wonder. You know, Saul did some wicked things, but David did too. So why did God take the spirit from Saul and did not take it from David? God will not leave you until you leave him. God will extend himself openly, everything. I mean, God will give all of himself to you. Those who are without the spirit of God today, it is not because the Lord first left them. They left God. Now, David grieved the spirit a whole lot. David quenched the spirit a whole lot. But he still had the spirit of God in him. And I want you to know today God is saying to us, for I am good. That's my nature. That's who I am. I will not change even if you change. I will remain the same. That's enough to cause you and I to stay with God. A God who will not change. And then he says, his mercy is what? Everlasting. You ain't got enough sin in you to outdo the mercy of God. You don't have enough evil in you to outdo the mercies of God. His mercies extends from everlasting to everlasting. It will never run dry. You can never catch up with it. It will always be ahead of you. And then he says, and his truth endured what? To all generation. God's truth is true. I don't care in what era you put it in. And truth will set you free. And there are some people this morning who need to be set free. Who need to be set free. They are caught up in a bondage. And they need to be set free. They need to let it go. And let God. This morning, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. An attitude of gratitude. All of us have to check up ourselves and make sure that we are presenting the best you to God. I need to sit down with God. You need to sit down with God and what? Examine our lives. Examine our hearts. Sometimes we get to moving so quickly, so fast, things are happening in our busy lives. Sometimes we don't have enough time to just examine where we are. And sometimes we have drifted further from God. Even though we come to worship, we have drifted in our daily lifestyle. And sometimes you gotta, you gotta focus and sit down with God and look at God and look at self. And you gotta bring all of you. You can't bring some of you God can't fix all of you with bringing some of you. He wants you to bring all of you. The ugly part, the good you, the nasty, stinking you. Bring all of you that he can fix all of us. That's left up to us on this morning. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good.
You come by hearing this word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. If you stand in need of prayer, if you see yourself in need of salvation on today, why not say today, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. Why not say today, I'm coming back home and do what God wants me to do because he's been so good to me. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song, why don't you come? Why don't you come?